So here's where it comes down to. The answer is blowing in the wind. Is blowing in the wind. Which is turbulence. It's atmospheric motion. It's how gases move. And it creates these crazy things that happen. And answers to very complex questions, such as these, mm-hmm. are very hard to answer. We have a basis for understanding them called the Navier-Stokes equation. Extraordinarily hard to solve because the computation mm-hmm. gets ridiculously complex. In a way, this song speaks to that. I, I actually, it's not just a joke. I actually do mm-hmm. feel like that there is something profound about the concept that the answer is there, but it's so complex we can't understand it. So are you going to nominate Dylan for the Physics Nobel Prize then, too? No, <laughs> because that ain't, that ain't what I'm talking about. Because <laughs> Bob Dylan isn't talking about physics. He just happens to hit on what is... A problem that does relate to something in physics that is almost exactly analogous, which is very, very complex things that seemingly are simple, right? seemingly simple questions have extraordinarily complex answers. The answers are there. They're around us. We see them happen, but we don't know what the answers mm-hmm. are. We can't produce answers to them, even though we see it happen all the time and how many roads must a man walk down before he goes man that's we see people become what they should be or whatever we see people answer some of the questions and not answer some of the questions that he asks in that song uh and we don't know how to answer them we know it happens right we see turbulent flow issues we know it happens we know kind of sort of but we can't model it right we don't have the power or the understanding to do it they're saying the same thing right so to me it's a very artful way of expressing a physics conundrum and that is uh that to me is, is is a very beautiful so, yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty clear to anyone who's heard the song that, you know, the the complexities of life, there's not an answer, but they all happen. They all work themselves to a conclusion. I'm trying to figure out if it was clear in the songwriter's mind whether the complexity of uh, fluid dynamics. No, 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 <laughs> no, no. But I mean, but there was something about the unknowing of leaves blowing around mm-hmm. that he that he equated to the the unknowing of. I, I suppose it's I suppose it's possible that he thought about it in that way. I think it was more. But he thought of it in some way that is at least twenty percent of what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. And I'm trying now. I'm trying to think. Like, was he like 
I, I definitely with the poetic hat on and not the fluid dynamicist head on. Right, hat on. Yeah, but with the you know, like I just love to know how you know how we got to that line, right? You know, because yeah. well, I would also love to know if if. If somebody like me ever came up to him and, and told him this, if he would be like, that's interesting, or if he'd be like, shut the fuck up at the song. Like, don't don't try to interpret my song. <laughs> um, I think he, he would be right either way he acted there. Whether it was, <laughs> that is really interesting, that's cool. Security! Or, yeah, or get the fuck away from me. Uh, because it's his, you know, it's his song, and it's his art, but other people are allowed to interpret that. Uh, as they want, and um, yeah, I, I do think that it, it it's yeah. So I'll have a little bit more of the upland. I think it's 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 profound and it's profundity. Part of the reason why it is profound is because its applications are actually quite diverse, right? So I mean that that's the reason why, as I've been learning all this great stuff, you know, since I. Like I said before, I kind of started in my 30s relearning all the stuff that I didn't learn. Right. science <laughs> And learning how the it, it always does strike me as profound when I find something new and if I, if I, or I learn something interesting because you, the applications of these things are almost universal. Anywhere that these things can apply, they do. And then to see that happen in... Art is very compelling as someone who is not an artist to see uh, an artist manage to hit on these notes that I find very, very compelling. Um, that to me is, uh, is, is, that's great art. What else can I say? So uh, one of the things that we got Allie for Christmas was the Three Doodler, which you got to play with a little yes, bit. Yes, yes. So the Three Doodler, for people who don't know, was a Kickstarter that I. It's one of the, like the one of the very first Kickstarter campaigns that I was aware of. Mm-hmm. So pretty early in the whole Kickstarter thing, and it is this plastic extruder pen, and basically in the video they were showing people, um, you know drawing in the air you know with right this plastic thing you know and while i guess you could probably do that if you had tons of practice <laughs> with in in great motor control you know you it's it the beginners aren't doing that kind of thing yeah it's um sorry taking a picture of, of we've got to take a picture of these beers so it, it's it's hard to well we we haven't tried it with the other one with with the yeah so they it comes with two kinds of plastics it comes with the ABS plastic and the PLA plastic which is something that three D printers use uh, PLA plastic has a lower melting point and that was the pack that Ali had ripped open first so that's the ones we were using I'm and so when you're drawing like. So there's a couple ways you can use a 3 doodler. Yeah. You can draw things on a mat and fill them in and then pry the things off the mat. And then you could stitch them together once you have two pieces. And that's how I built this little... First I built a little cube, and then I decided to put a roof on it, so I made a little house. Mm-hmm. 
So I did four walls, and then once I had two walls, I kind of held them up and tacked the corners together, almost like spot welding, right? And then ran a bead down the thing to seal the corner. And I made a house in that way, where each piece, I kind of did the, the square rectangle flat on the ground, then probably peeled it off. But you can also do things where if you kind of tack the three-doodler to the ground, you can lift it up, turn off the motor so it stops extruding, hold it there for a few seconds, it'll harden, mm-hmm. then you can pull away because the, the tip's still hot. So it's like a hot glue gun in that right, way, yeah. right? So you can pull away and... Or a soldering iron. Is, I mean, that, that's how I sort of yeah thought of it. But yeah, it's, hot glue it's more like a hot glue yeah. gun yeah. where you have better control over what comes out. And um, so you can draw up in the air, but the PLA plastics is the low temp plastic, and you really have to hold it like steady up in the air for eight to ten to twelve seconds for it to cool enough mm-hmm. to be rigid. I'm wondering if the ABS plastic, since it's the high temp stuff, whether because of the temperature differential to the room is more different, that it'll get to a hard point quicker. And maybe you can actually do things where you're drawing in the air and doing, say, try try to do a spiral. Yeah. In the air. Impossible. You know, um, but if it cools fast enough and the motor is slow enough, there's two speeds of extrusion for the three-doodler. Say say it cools fast enough and the slow is slow enough that the thing was put together so you could actually draw a spiral going up in the air. I could, I could see that as being possible if you tuned everything, if you had the right cooling on the plastic, you had the right speed of extrusion, mm-hmm. and enough practice and motor control to move the pen at the right speed. Yeah, yeah. What would you use it for? What would you use it for? Whatever you'd want to... I mean, it's 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 a low-end 3D printer is what this thing is. I mean, you're not going to make anything... You're not going to make gears with it. It's not a it. 3D printer, it's a... It's a hot glue gun, like you said. In the same way, a hot but no, glue gun, hot is glue not gun a... just fastens things. This doesn't just fasten things. This, you can make th- things with it. You can make. You can't make. I made anything. a house with it. You can't, you can't make, make a house anything. with it. You can't make a house with a glue gun. You can make crafts, art, arts. You can make a house. You made a three-dimensional make... box. Yeah. If I wanted to waste more a, a plastic. A wireframe of a 3 If I wanted to make more plastic, I could have filled it in. I could have put a roof on it and windows and doors. And I could have made Good a Good little... fucking luck. I could have made a sculpture. No, you can't. Not with that thing. Sure you can. Not unless you're a fucking expert. At that point, get a, get a friggin' 3D printer. That, that is not a 3D printer. No way, no how. That is a toy. It falls in my definition. That is a toy for drawing 3D plastic sculptures. I just called it a sculpture, and you said no fucking way. No, I said it's not a it's not a it's not a three D printer. But I just called it a sculpture, and you had a problem with that. Now you called it a sculpt make for making sculptures. It's make you can sculpt with you can make things with it. Yeah, no, I'm not saying you can't. I'm just saying, but it, the the point is, it's not what I would consider a three D printer. No, you consider something that you can print fifty widgets off of. Well something that you can print something that's useful in some way because it's based on a uh Yeah, because everything that's three D printed is useful. No, not everything that's three D printed is useful, but everything that's three D printed is an object that has to go through some sort of like uh, so it has to have tight tolerances, is what you're saying. 
Yeah. And if it doesn't have type tolerance, this is not 3D printed. Yeah. I disagree. I... You want to... Like I said, you can't make intermeshing gears with a 3D printer. No, you can't. But that doesn't mean it's not a 3D printer. It means you you can still make things with it. I wanted to make a wireframe house. A made a, I made a wireframe house. I could have made it with a 3D printer too, but I could, was able to do it with a 3D printer. I can't do that with a hot glue gun. I can't do that with anything you else You could do it with a hot glue gun and some uh, toothpicks. I mean, you're adding just a slight variation to, to the theme and you can easily do it. And it, it, if the hot glue gun was plastic, the glue itself was plastic enough, you could certainly do it. Well, that's that's what this is, right? This is a better glue gun, but it's not but it's not, not for, glue. But, yeah, it's yeah. it's a better plastic extruder than a glue gun does. Yeah, it's a plastic extruder. That is that is exactly what it is. It is a free hot plastic freehand plastic freehand hot plastic extruder, and it's fun. It's it's fun. I agree. It is fun. It's creative. It's it's creative. I also agree. It's creative. You know, it just depends on that. It's not going. It's going to the thing. Even like even if you look at the examples on the box of the stuff they make, it's it looks like you know it's not smooth edges and things like that. Yeah, it's, it's wiggly and wobbly. So no, it's not going to make this this clean sanitary you know machine made thing. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like I said earlier, and you disagreed, but then followed up on, you know, if you wanted to make a sculpture, if you wanted to make a, an eagle sculpture, you could make an eagle sculpture out of that thing. You could make a... Okay, yeah, I, I suppose you could, you know, especially if your artistry was, was up to task and you had a lot of experience with it. However... It's a more crafty thing than a 3D printer, which yeah. would be a more, a more engineering thing. Yes, yes. The I still think that you'll get more. You even you still get more of a arty sense with a three D printer. Just if you use a CAD program to design it instead of having to do it with your hands. And maybe in the future we can program some sort of VR thing that'll allow you to do that. I bet those actually exist. Probably someone is is prototyping at MIT or something where you can draw. Mm-hmm. In the 3D space. Uh, but right now, at least that thing with that plastic, not very useful as for much. And uh, I shouldn't say that because I just got a fucking five minutes of me talking about how beautiful is this art, <laughs> this piece of art was. <laughs> that is in some sense not useful, but in, in other sense absolutely useful. So, uh, yeah, feel free to to, to, <laughs> to attack me on it. I, I recognize the folly of my ways. <laughs> I don't know. I like it. Takes practice? Mm-hmm. Yes. Is it useless, or is it making just junk? No, I think you could make something cool with it, I think. I am anxious to see... Using it beyond something that is... In the end of the day, a sculpture, I maybe I'm not I'm not gonna bet money that I'll make something that's anything ever beyond a sculpture. 
people have made iPhone cases and things like that with them. Really? I've seen pictures, yeah. It still looks all bubbly and, you know, stuff like that, but they made it so you could snap your iPhone into it. Okay, well, color, color me surprised. So I have a question for you. Maybe you can help me out with something. Okay. I don't know how much you can help me out with this, but any addition, any thought you can give on this will help me. Because I'm trying to... It's science so if you... I hate science. I don't have much else to talk about, so... Sorry. Um, but I do want your opinion, because I'm trying to come up with a conceptual... Conceptual way of... Introducing the idea of, of spin in particles. Uh, in particular... Why a graviton needs to be spin too? <laughs> no, that's easy. Let me help you out with that. The reason why I think you can help is because I want to give you what I've come up with for, I think, relatively conceptual understandings of what goes on with a spin one half and spin one particle. And maybe why it needs to be a spin two isn't part of the question so much as how do I get to what a spin two particle is based on these examples. Okay. Okay. So let's start with your spin one half particles, like your electron, your neutrinos, any, any fermions or spin one half. They, the way that I've come up with is sort of a, a, a way to picture this is to consider yourself as inside of an electron. And inside the electron, it's sort of like a uh, one of those ball things from uh, Jurassic World. Remember those? Is it like a hamster no, ball? No, I never saw Jurassic World. Okay, well, like a hamster ball. Okay. Um, however, the interesting thing about being a spin one-half particle is that when you get to 360 degrees around, you don't find yourself turned around, at least as far as the rest of the world. To, to you, the rest of the world, the rest of the outside world, you get 360 degrees around, and then you find yourself in what I can kind of call uh, the upside down from, uh, from Stranger Things. Okay. Uh, and it takes another 360 degrees for you to get it back to the right setup. So it takes two whole rotations, 720 degrees, for you to find yourself back to where you were in space. Okay. From the perspective of an electron, space has 720 degrees of possible rotation. From the perspective of a photon, it's, as you might expect, 360 degrees. That's a spin one particle. Mm -hmm. okay. So spin one half, spin one. So a spin two would be, it. Go. we see it turn half. And 180 it's, degrees. But it's back in the same orientation. It's back in the same orientation. This gets really hard to conceptualize because... 
What I was trying okay, so to... Here, question for you. Yes. So, my previous comprehension of spin was not so much as literal as a metaphor, a conservation, to conserve things, to... It, it, if ooh. oh you have waterproof, I have foam. a waterproof phone. It's <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> I spilled a little water in my phone. Do you ever take it in the shower? Do you have like a phone holder no, in your no, shower? No, um, anyway, uh, so I kind of saw it as spin. Maybe if we didn't already have charge, it could be like. Charge B, you know, that kind of thing where, you know, where it was a way to conserve something. So I never really thought that it was literal directionality type thing. Well, it is and it isn't. (laughs) Which is, I know, a horrible thing to say because it doesn't help you. It is because there very much is... Okay, so... The conception that we have of particles like electrons and fun, all fundamental particles is that they're point particles, right? They're mm-hmm. just points. They're they're one-dimensional objects. How true that is, who knows? But the point is that a, a point particle has no dimensionality to it with which it could rotate. So how can you have rotation right. and with a is, one-dimensional and object? Maybe not as succinct as realizing that one-dimensional particles can't have rotation, but along those lines, that's why I saw it more as a, it's a metaphor, it's, you know, like the color of a quark. Right. Right? That, though, that, no. The reason why that's different is the color of a quark is just a property relating to its charge, to a type of charge that we've labeled a color, just as negative or positive. Well, right, right. But so I thought, I thought spin was a label. No, because uh, there is an aspect of this particle which behaves exactly like, not sort of like, exactly like the mathematics for angular momentum. Okay. So it is angular momentum, but it's not spinning around an axis. In a classical way. But it is exactly the same mathematics that you would use for angular momentum. Is it... I can't get any better than that conceptually. Okay. I can show you the mathematics, but that's not going to help. That's not going to help at all. Uh, the, The point being that there is an aspect of this that experiences space okay so with 720 why it's counter to what I thought I previously understood so my previous understanding was we're conserving something so math can work later right so particles that have corresponding spins can do something right just like charges right Mm -hmm. you know so when I thought spin was something with a label, like a charge. Yeah, But yeah, I mean, yeah. let, me, let me finish no, saying No, no, yeah, this, go right? ahead, yeah. So 
I figured, you know, spin was a spin half plus a spin half is does something that a spin one does or something like that, right? So let, let, me, along those let lines. me see if I can but, so But now that you're telling me that, you know, it's this one-dimensional thing with angular momentum, my next question is why do we care what direction the particle's facing? Uh... You know, whether it's upside down or rise it up after 360 degrees. Well, the spin. truth is, is so there are two reasons. In one sense, we don't, because in one sense, it's relative. Uh, this is the, 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 uh, uh, the helicity of a particle uh, is, is, is effectively relative. Um, whether you measure it as spin up or spin down is just what axis you measure it on. Where it's not. Where it comes in handy is, for example, we've talked about how fermions have this thing, electrons, such such fermions. But I keep saying fermions, just want to make sure that people know what that is, and so, and you know what that is. A fermion is is it obeys the Pauli exclusion principle, where you can't stack two of the same kind, uh, or any any more than just one of the same kind that has all the same quantum numbers in the same space. But what you can do is stack two that have all the same quantum numbers except spin in the same place. Okay. So you can stack an electron on top of an electron that has all the same exact properties, only one is spin up and one is spin down. Now, you're not going to be able to tell which one is which, but and they're going to oscillate essentially between each other. Okay, so then you've seen that their wave function is basically no. Okay, fun. I mean I, I get part of that, yeah. but the part I, I don't get is how do you arrive at two electrons with different spin, one spin up, one spin down, like in the same place, like in an atom, for example, in a helium atom. Okay, so it's just uh, probability of this happening. Or? Well, I mean, inside a helium atom, you have. You know, two neutrons and two protons, mm-hmm. and you have an electron shell, mm-hmm. and in that first electron shell, there are two electrons. One is spin up and one is spin down. This is a ground, in its ground state. Okay. So, it's just the nature of things. Okay. Yeah. Now, we talked about this before, that... Um, if you have a large atom that has open spaces, mm-hmm. it likes to, like, let's say you have some atom that has uh, three shells in it. Mm-hmm. If they can, everything's going to want to sort of arrange themselves all in the same spin. Like, these are going to try to arrange themselves all to be down spin or up spin or whatever, however you want to measure it. Once they start to fill up, they can't do that anymore. But they tend to want to be in the lowest energy state, and that state happens to be the same spin throughout. Just it's a it's a mathematical thing. But in this case, like like I said, in the helium atom, you have two atom, two electrons in the ground state that are for, that are in the same space. They're occupying the same space. They have the same quantum properties except their spin. In order for them to occupy the same space, they have to have some different quantum property, and that okay, case, so 
And so one of them is in the... So for your helium atom, I'm not sure this is something I've ever appreciated, but I just want to say it for the listener at home who might not be listening anymore. But in the helium atom, there's two electrons. And we don't know where it can be. Most people probably have assumed, and I probably had assumed, well, it's anywhere except for where the other one is. But that's what you're saying. That's not true. It's anywhere, including it could be where the other one is. It's... Anywhere, um, and you know, well, the thing is, how, which one are you talking about? You can't say. Well, right, but so, but, so, but I think a lot of people would presume, and I, and like I said, is well, sure, it's anywhere, but where the other one is, but we don't know where the other one is. So, but we just know they're not in the same place. But you're saying they could be in the same. Well, place. Well, to you and me, they're. They would be in the same place. To them, one would be in the upside down and one would be in the right side. Okay. So one of them is in this other, it's in the 360 degree off phase from the other one. Their wave functions overlap. But because they are off phase, they'll just oscillate between each other. I know this is... I mean, so people are... That sounds like a wave canceling itself out. It's... So it's not... So it's not that. They're, they're, they're off phase in terms of they're not in the same space because they're in a different configuration. But they're in phase in the sense that they are... Is this a different dimension in oscillate. any... It's not a different dimension. No. It's... It's complicated. <laughs> you think? Because it's how an electron sees space. How a fermion sees space. Uh, and to them, the same space has a 720 degree rotational aspect to it. Whereas for a photon and for classical objects... Right. The, the, the thing that I think that's hard for me to, to visualize is that if this was a dimension, it makes sense how they could be in the same place because we don't appreciate that dimension. Mm-hmm. If it's just spin, then in rotation and stuff. It, well, let's do we right, what, let, what do we look at? Do we look at an electron even though it's a point article point particle? Do we look at it as a semicircle so they can fit together when they're kind of? Let's simplify. Let's go back to super basics and let's talk about number line. Number line starts at zero, goes to one, goes to two, goes to three, goes and to four. four. I know. Yeah, thanks. Right? Yeah, okay. I know, I know. <laughs> okay. I just I want to sure. go step by step here to show you sort of where six, this... Six months later. Where this goes. Now, when you start understanding number line, this makes sense. And then you're introduced to the negative numbers. Mm -hmm. What's that? Well, it's this other direction. Where, what does that represent? What is a negative apple? Well, it's an abstract concept. But it's, if you work with the math, it Mm -hmm. totally makes sense. An abstract, it's not... A minus apple, it's taking an apple away. You can appreciate that concept. Right. So the next, next apple I get, I owe it to you. Right. So grab that concept and just 
appreciate that as your appreciation of what a negative number line is. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. You got that. Let's go into this complex space now, which is this lateral space above and below the number line. Where does that come from? Well, let's talk about a circle being a vector in in some space. Mm -hmm. Okay. That, you can attribute that concept to that sort of thing. It's not... It's still abstract, but it makes sense. That's what's going on here. The math is abstract. It's in some other phase of space that doesn't actually... It's not a negative... There isn't actually an upside down. Well, sure. But, I mean, the part that probably... It's, It's a complex phase of the electron that because of how the electron works and because of the way it spins, because of what spin does to it, it sees... it. Its evolution means that what we see as angular momentum, and like I said, it is, it, the math is exactly like angular momentum, has to go through two full rotations before it gets back to its original position. So it's this it, it's it's an abstraction of an abstraction, but it works for the math. The reason the the thing I came up with with the upside down was just to try to get some bare kind of conceptual idea. Mm-hmm. There isn't actually another space it goes through, but for you to appreciate. And for me to try to help someone appreciate that who doesn't want to go through all the math and understand all this mm-hmm. ridiculous complexity, maybe that concept helps. And to me, the concept helps me avoid having to continually ask myself the question, well, what is actually going on? I can just say to myself, no, it's 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 in its... It's in its uh, it's upside down world. That's what's happening with it. It's not an upside down world that you and I would ever recognize. It would look the same to us, but because of the way it phases in a complex space, it feels it like that. It's my attempt to try to explain something in a way that that uh, gets away from the math, but still gives a base kind of concept of what's actually going sure. on. So, yeah, I'm stretching things because I've learned that trying to introduce you, trying to introduce anybody to the math, if they're really not into it, it's a difficult thing. But there really is a physical aspect to this happening, but the physical aspect is not going into a upside down world. The physical aspects is simply a, a different way in which it's oscillating in three dimensional space. Okay. Yeah. But the question then becomes how do I explain the spin one half? Because that the, the the first thing that came to my mind was 
sort of like this, but only that, only the top part. For something like a complex graph, but only the top part. But that really doesn't give a good explanation of how it gets back to its original position. Mm-hmm. There is no way that I've been able to come up with for how a 180-degree rotation will return to its original position. I tried to think of popping off of a plane. That doesn't help me. Uh, All right, so... I don't know if this is a good idea or not, but... What if you twist it? What if it's like a figure eight or something like that? Would that... Figure eight. So it's... Because it would, you know, not be traveling as far. So it same kind way. of... like It's doing kind of a Mobius of sorts? I mean, my... Yeah, this is kind of a mouth of babes type thing. I'm right? asking you for your yeah. help. I'm asking you for your help. Yeah, so... Because I need someone's brain that's not mine to, to right. come up with something. So you have your your eye thing, yeah. right? And I'm thinking like so you want to go equivalent of 180 degrees but end up in the same space. Yeah. I was thinking like what if it's you know something like that. Hmm. Right. I mean, I don't know which way the eight goes. Right. But I don't know. That's my. In the, in this sense, because it, it, it has half the wavelength or something. It like is that. only popping on this area. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean. Yeah. So, this is interesting because it's only on one side of one axis, which gives us. Well, and it's degrees. also half the wavelength. Yeah, but. Huh? It's just <laughs> the implication. The the reason why it's interesting is um, fermions don't carry force, but uh, um, bosons do, and bosons. That we are familiar with, the gauge bosons we're familiar with, uh, have a one over r squared thing where they and they radiate out in uh, in a circle or in a sphere. But they also have two possible charges associated with them: a, a positive or a negative charge. And gluons case, actually, there's more, but there's the, the gluons are much more complicated. Let's just focus on photons for now. It's easier. Mm-hmm. Uh, the way that the, I'll just, I'll just say it out. The, if there's, there's only one charge with the graviton and it's mass and it's always attractive. So it has to be spin two. So understanding why is beyond the scope of, of me, me being able to really explain it to you because I don't totally, truly fully understand it. But it has to do with this spatial, the way it sees space. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and this aspect of it, only seeing 180 degrees of space, has 
has uh, it gives it that factor that it's always attractive. So that's why it's interesting and important. Mm. Then we get to another thing, which is the Higgs boson, which is the spin zero. And what does that mean? <laughs> that means that it's everywhere at every point and there's no direction that is preferred at all. So it doesn't have... It looks the same from every direction. It's isotropic. Every direction you look at, the Higgs field looks exactly the same. That's what spin zero means. So that's another weird one. Another hard one to to get across. Okay. Uh... I, I realized that I was, you know, going. I was just doing some electrical stuff, and now I'm jumping to spin. Why am I jumping to spin on this? It's, it's. I have been trying to figure this out for a long time. I need help, and I've asked now some very smart people, and none of them have an idea either. I'm not saying that I will come up with the idea. Um, in fact, I'm sure. That I won't, <laughs> but I don't know. Maybe this right here is the key. <laughs> it's, it's possible, but that but that's you coming up with the idea, not me. No, but you'll know what it means. For me, it was just intuition. <laughs> <laughs> but the even just pondering the idea helps me mm-hmm. understand the math and stuff like that. I I, I should point out because I pointed out a couple times, but I should point out I'm not good at the math at all I have to work with through it I have to usually use lots of cheat sheets and help and stuff to, to get through the math because I'm not very good at the math uh, I know it enough to to understand what's being said I know it enough to work through it when I'm given the stuff you know when it's being walked through I'm not good enough to be able to be like oh yeah let me just write out the blah 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 I have to have notes I have to have that stuff I do mm-hmm. know that the math helps me understand the concepts because it's vital. But I'm not good enough to, you know, I'm not an experimental physicist or a theoretical physicist, somebody who can play with the math. I can't play with it. My whole goal is to understand. Let the other people play with it. Mm-hmm. But. I love the idea of teaching and I love the idea of coming up with some concept that if I can teach this, then that means I know it enough and I don't know it enough. And hopefully this idea, this 720 degree thing I was talking about has some merit. I'm not sure whether it does, uh, but I think it does. Because it helps me understand it. But I don't know how to extend that to the other stuff that's there. So it's not a correct or not a very good way of interpreting what spin is. Because it doesn't apply beyond spin one half and spin one. And there's more out there. Get my conundrum? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm just thinking, I'm trying to think about spin two now. Yeah. 
uh, that that was my hope that hopefully again it was not not me trying to force you into this is what happens but me hoping that you could help me mm-hmm. figure out what the heck some some intuitive way to understand this that I can't grasp I mean I'm missing I'm missing all the math and everything. But I mean you know, it depends on your your focal point, but I mean it's really the spins are all even numbers, right, except for zero, right? Um they're all even numbers, yes. I mean, it depends on how you want to look at it. Uh, a, a, I suppose an antimatter electron could have a spin negative one half if you want to look at it that way. I, I, it, it has mm-hmm. spin one half. There's no spin three. No spin three. So, peop, so there's according to theory, there's spin zero scalar fields, spin one half. Spin one. No one's been able to really figure out whether spin uh, one and a half exists or not. Spin four thirds. There's some thought it's possible, but no one really knows. Spin two, and anything beyond that is uh, you. You need, as as Neil Turok said, you need string theory, for which there is no evidence. I see. It's not field theory. Field theory doesn't have anything beyond two. Okay. So, yeah. Always remember you're talking about fields. You're talking about how a field is, how something in a field is oscillating. Mm-hmm. And that might help you. It always does help me to, to remember that, that you're just talking about some energy that's oscillating in some way. Right. Uh, and if you can figure out that oscillation and it's complex right but if you can figure out that oscillation you can figure out what it is and what it's doing I need a piece of string I got another oh I forgot to give that to Allie just a piece of jade Okay. Cause I have another idea that I wanted to illustrate with a piece of string. A piece of electrical tape. I guess that'll work. He is now taking it into a circle. So we have a circle. So we make our figure eight, but then we Hold it top of each other. It'd be easier to see with a string. Uh-huh. But now you have your 720 degrees of rotation in 360 degrees of our space. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, you already thought of it. No, no, no. It's yeah. good. It's good. I like it. Um... Yeah, because then you can show... And it's always going the same direction. Mm. You know. 
Yeah, and then it's one on top of another. Mm-hmm. So you can see how it's sort of like they're in the same space, but they're not. They're, they're out of phase. Yeah, but they're in the they're in phase, but they're out of phase. Is is the weird thing? They're in phase because they're uh, they're entangled, like in a, in a helium atom. They mm-hmm. in the ground state, these electrons are entangled. Right, uh, but they are out of phase because one is in one part of that string, the other is in the other part of that string. Right. Yeah. That's what I got. Cool. Where's my Nobel Prize, motherfucker? <laughs> Still, well, you might need to work on the uh, the song part of it. <laughs> I would normally. <laughs> okay, I guess that's enough. Right. Enough thinking. You have to work tomorrow, don't you? No, no. Oh, good. No, we have... I have tomorrow off because we get Christmas Eve and Christmas off. So we had Friday and Monday off. And then I'm taking Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday off. Or at least mostly off. Maybe work from home if I need a break from the kids or something like that. (laughs) We'll see. Yeah. And then I got uh, Friday off for New Year's Eve. And then I guess we have Monday off for New Year's Day. Yeah, me too. I mean, so, I have I have the whole week off yeah. and Monday off. So yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll be in Boston uh, over the weekend, and then I'll be returning on Sunday. Uh, so we might we can do a show on Sunday. Okay, cool. Works for me. Awesome. All right, everybody. Thank you. Bye.